Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Grit Per 60 podcast, State of the Podcast Edition. My name's Connor Farrell. You can call me TC. And joining me, San Jose's pissiest fan. Hey, hey everyone. Uh, I'm Brendan, also known as TCJ. How are you, TC? <laughs> you know what? After making that joke, uh, pretty good. I mean, I'm a little pissed off at the Flyers myself, but you you got what I was referencing, though, right? Yes, yes. It doesn't make sense okay. for San Jose, but we're going to roll with it. I, are you happy with the Sharks? No. No. <laughs> but they're also not as like depressingly bad as they were the last couple of years. So I, I thought you were going to say they're not as depressingly bad as the Flyers. I mean, I argue with you. there's that too. I was out skiing this weekend, so I didn't watch them really uh, lose to either the Panthers or the Hurricanes. So, well, <laughs> okay. But, but, like losing to the Hurricanes isn't. Everybody loses to the Hurricanes. And yeah, the yeah, but when you give a, the game-winning goal with like three and a half minutes to play or whatever, and you don't mm-hmm. get a point out of it, that's that's pretty tough. And they were up three-one on the Panthers. Hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. In the third mm-hmm. period. Probably best that you weren't watching. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they at least go to overtime with the Panthers? Yeah, but. Well, that's something. You shouldn't. It's it's frustrating to go to overtime. When uh, you were up by two goals in the third period. So I'm at the part point where I don't really want the Flyers to win any more games. Are you at the, that point with the Sharks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Unfortunately, okay. I mean, I guess it makes me a bad fan or something, but um, in the same boat. I don't really. Yeah. But like, I have to double check the tankathon standings, but like, I don't really see the point in like finishing 14th and having like a 0.5% chance of winning the lottery or whatever. Especially now that you can only move up like a maximum of 10 spots. I mean, that was the flyer strategy and look at where we are now. Yeah. I mean, you guys are chilling in seventh right now in the lottery standing. So oh, I thought we were lower than that. I thought we were top five. No, seventh. <clears throat> you okay. got a uh, 6.7% chance. Is that 6.7% chance to move up at all or 6.7% chance for the first? Um, I think. I'm not sure. That's a big difference. Um, I'm not quite sure. But um, I don't need to pick first, but you know. Yeah, but like the Sharks are chilling in 13th. So like they can't even they can't even get Shane Wright or whoever you want to pick at the uh at the first overall spot. So but you know what? Winning the lottery is overrated because then you end up with uh Nolan Patrick. Um, I believe what did I say? What was the number I told you? 13th for the sharks uh okay no the number I told you for the flyers was a 6.7 percent chance yep. um i think that would be the odds of getting the first overall pick okay okay so we probably have uh a 10 percent ish chance at a top three pick right now as things stand you're av- i mean they have like the average oh wait that's the average uh Whatever the the average draft position for you right now is six point eight. So you like odds are you just don't move. Mm. So, okay. I mean that's kind of, I mean that's kind of how it works. I think for everybody outside of like the top four teams, but yeah, it's rough. 
Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm learning to cope with mediocrity right now. So yeah, that's a that's a rough place to be. Just like you you don't you're not uh, you don't win very many games. You don't really want them to win very many games, but also like you can't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like there isn't that much hope to like get better immediately because like draft position is weird. It's a weird place to be. Well, especially because you got a guy like Timo Meyer who's putting up like an MVP level season. Yeah. Like no exaggeration. Like he's legit this year. Um, and you just know that he's not going to be able to win anything because the Sharks aren't going to make the playoffs. And like maybe Connor McDavid can win the MVP without making the playoffs. But Timo Meyer, yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening, Chief. Or so. at least not in, a, not in San Jose's market. Yeah, I, I just... If Timo Meyer has this season with the Canadians, I think maybe. Well, it was the Canadians. At least be in the still, conversation. I still feel like with the Canadians, you'd still have the uh, issue of that team is really bad. <laughs> yeah, no, but if if you if you'd like transfer over all of Timo Meyer's like stats and things, you're not going to tell me that the the media syndicate isn't going to be like at least be like, oh, well, Timo Meyer's entering the conversation. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh... It's funny you mentioned the Canadians because they're like on pace for I think one of the worst seasons in the salary cap era, which is Actual unbelievable. Fire. Yeah, yeah, it's I, that one's crazy. Makes me feel good as a Flyers fan. But yeah, like the uh, experience of being a Sharks fan right now is like, you know, enjoying the thirty minutes or whatever that either Timo Meyer or Tomas Hurdle are on the ice. Or the in if they play together, like the twenty minutes that they're on the ice together, and then blocking out the rest of it while trying your best to ignore the salary cap situation. So, and and Eric Carlson's injury, and Eric Carlson's injury, and the fact that we traded a second round pick for Aiden Hill, and mm. yeah, so is, is he at least a decent goalie? No, no. Oh. Aiden Hill has been brutal this year, and oh. I think he's hurt now. And it's just been, it's been real rough. It's, it's just like, you know, what, what, what are we doing here, folks? So, I'm, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like kind of progress compared to last year, but like also not really. Mm. So, but they have a piece to sell the deadline this year, um, both fortunately and unfortunately. So, Aiden Hill, uh, Tomas Hurdle, you might have heard of him. He's oh some, yes, like under the oh, radar. Oh, how do you feel about that? Do you want them to sell? I mean, Hurdle. Yeah, I mean, oh. I don't want them to, but I think they should. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just does uh, he have like how many years left does he have? Do you know? Well, this is his last year. Like his contract expires at the end of the year, oh, and okay. he's twenty eight. So it's just like, you know, even if you sign Hurdle to a big mm. deal, like. When's the next time the Sharks going to be really good? So, right. You know, and they've already got so many that big sucks. contracts. And yeah, yeah. It's just, it's like watching all of the like good pieces from the teams that I love, like slowly like 
leave because like Pavelski mm. is like tearing up in Dallas. Joe Thornton's on like the best team in the league. <laughs> you know, Patrick Marlowe's oh. like basically retired at this point. Um, True. Yeah, it's 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 real tough. So, well, let's let's talk about the Flyers for a second because oh yes, let's let's bring the mood up and talk about <laughs> talk about the Flyers. Because I feel like I understand. I feel mm-hmm. like even if I wasn't a Sharks fan, I'd be able to understand like where they went wrong, right? Like they went out, they they went for broke to try to win a mm-hmm. cup with their core, yep. and it didn't work. And they handed out yep. a bunch of long, expensive contracts to a bunch of old dudes, and because they competed for so mm-hmm. long, they didn't have that many high picks, and therefore they didn't have that many prospects to like kind of make up for people that had to leave well, the Sharks cap situation. With the Flyers, they had that one really good year a couple of years ago. Yes, and, and by yeah, we had a we had a basically a month and a half, two month period where we were really good. Yes, yeah, and then, um, you know, for a long time, like that Flyers prospects is, was really good, and still even now they've got some solid guys in there still. Um, yeah, kind of. I, I feel like the thing with the Flyers for so long has been like their goaltending is really bad. Like I think it was the 2018-19 team that had like a million goaltenders on it, and they missed the playoffs. Like, well, that 2018-2019 team also wasn't good. Was that the team that had the 10-game winning streak and the 10-game losing streak in the same season? No, that's this year. I thought they also did that too. We did that this year. No, I thought I thought you anyway. Um, no, no, we didn't do that this year. I don't think they've done both in the same year. I have to find the graphic that you sent me. But this year we did uh we did two 10 game losing streaks in the first half. That's what we did this year. But uh yeah, so I feel like but I feel like the thing with the Flyers for a long time has been they just don't have the goaltending. This no, year they got do. the goaltending. <laughs> yep. And you look at the roster, like there are good players here. It should and be. You look at the standings and you're like, what happened? <laughs> um Turns out coach was bad. Okay, check. The veteran defenseman that should be on our top pair that we traded for has played two games this year. Okay. Uh, half the team has gotten COVID for the second year in the row. Okay. Great. Um, we've had a couple of other injuries to some other key players. Okay. Yeah. Kevin Hayes uh, hurt. Um, and nobody seems to know how to stop the bleeding once it starts. Once things go bad, nobody knows how to stop that roller coaster. It just keeps going. And actually, we talk about the 13 game losing streak. There were a few games where they looked like they could have won and they looked good enough to win. And then the puck bounces a different way and they lose. Sounds like a cop out answer, but it's the best thing that I keep the best way I can describe what I was watching. And when that happens and you go, well, we are doing everything right. And we're still losing. Doesn't do a whole lot to bring up the confidence that eventually things will get better. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's just. I, you know, last year really felt like everything that could go wrong did go wrong and it feels like the same again and it almost feels like there is no 
I don't want to say there's no leadership in the locker room, but it's hard to like look at the results and say, all right, who's going to step up and make sure that this ends like one loss doesn't become two. Okay. Well, one loss is becoming two is becoming three is becoming four is becoming 13, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it is the core, maybe it's not the core. Um, whatever the core is at this point. Um, but it's just, man. Also, the defense is just bad. I forgot to throw that in there. I should just preface that. Like, the defense is bad. Like, there's, nobody's helping Carter Hart. Somebody help my precious baby boy back there. Nobody's helping him out. And it looks like the forwards should have the talent to score. And yet nothing seems to be working and in, as is the case like with a lot of bad teams the power plays garbage absolute we can have a five on three and not be able to break into the zone it's terrible special teams awful have i mentioned every aspect of a hockey team yet i feel like i'm just listing things that make a good hockey team and be like well that's not working and that's not working. And yeah. that's not work. Like it's, I, I've just broken it down to like every aspect of a hockey team, except for maybe shooting, because we have Cam Atkinson who can shoot like crazy. So here's my thought: um, mm-hmm. is that you mentioned the defense. The Flyers are the third Terrible. worst team, or yeah, I guess they're the third worst team. Um, and expected goals against per 60 at five on five right now. There are two other teams worse than us. They're tied for first. <laughs> <laughs> so the Blue Jackets and Blues are at 2.8 and the Flyers are at 2.7. I'm surprised the Blues are up there. Um, um, the uh, Have you ever read through like the Athletics NHL Power Rankings lately? I haven't. Well, there's always a bunch of angry Blues fans because like it's the intro power rankings are done by like um, Dom and Sean Gentilly over at the mm-hmm. athletic. And it's always a bunch of angry blues fans because like, you know, Dom's obviously like a big stats guy and he's just like, yeah, they're winning, but like the process is bad. And there's just a bunch of people yelling about like how analytics are meaningless in hockey or something. It's just like, man, if you just cleaned up your defense a little bit, you'd be a lot better. Like, I'm sorry that the stat guy doesn't like that your team that is the sixth worst in expected goals for percentage according to natural stat trick, um, you know, like doesn't think they're good. So I, yeah, but um, so here's, here's my big question. I feel like it's the flyers mm-hmm. big question and it's similar to the sharks question. What do you do with Claude Giroux? I did not mean to make that rhyme. What should they do, or what are they going to do? What Why do not you both? Want them to do. What is the question? So let's start with what do you want them to do? Oh gosh. Well, my heart says if he wants to stay, he should stay. My brain says the only way this gets better is if you well not the only way but the best way to build this is to blow it up and that means trading Giroux 
Although there are a lot of ways that they can play. So basically what they've said, what they're going to do to answer your other question. And this is probably the, the, the way you kind of have to do it. I think with the situation they're in with Drew is they basically said, so they had a press conference last week and this was one of the points that they made. But the, state, the reason I call this the state of the podcast episode is the Flyers had a state of the franchise press conference last week. And one of the points that they made was if the, tr- the choice is his, he's got a spot here if he wants it. If he wants to go somewhere else, he can go somewhere else. Hopefully he makes that decision before the trade deadline. Because the worst case scenario is we don't trade him and then he goes somewhere else anyway because he's at the end of his contract. Oh, well, uh, he's also got a no-move clause. So there's that. So he would have to waive it, right? So he's yeah. got that choice. Um, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it's really um I'm not sure it's really a question of what now that I think about it, really. I'm not sure it's really a question of what should the flyers do or what the flyer what i want the flyers to do it's what does claude want to do and if he wants to go chase a cup go chase a cup you've earned it you've done everything you could for this team for the last decade and a half or however long it's been and this team has given you nothing in return zero things in return last time we were really excited about this team i guess we were excited about it going into the bubble coming out of the bubble we were uh, emo. Um, the last time before that, the last time that we could really be excited about this team competing was 2012. Wasted his entire prime on a red Ron Hextel rebuild that never really, never really came to fruition. Um, if he wants to go put him on the avalanche, go win a cup. I don't know if the, I don't know what the avalanche cap space looks like. Go put them on the avalanche. Yeah. Um, See, now maybe you we can ha- get something in return. Now you have me thinking about a, uh, in order to make the cap work, um, thinking about a Flyers, Sharks, Avalanche three way trade where Ooh. the Flyers trade Drew to the Sharks and the Sharks hold on for all the five seconds to absorb some of his cap hit mm-hmm. and then trade him to the Avalanche. But I don't know, maybe there be, need to be more money or moved around or something. But that's what I was just thinking about because the sharks have, as of right now, the sharks have hella space because they terminated Evander Kane. So potentially there's space for that. Potentially. But my thoughts on the flyers are that I feel like they're kind of stuck in the sense yeah. of like, they kind of still have to go for it. Don't they? Not like they can't go for it this year. They're out. Well, not this year, but like moving forward. So, okay. First, I want you to complete your thought. Why do they have to go for it? Because well, I do have a, I do have a response to this, but I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. Well, you've got guys, you've got several guys who I would imagine are quote unquote key pieces mm-hmm. that have really long like deals. Like you just signed Couturier to a long-term deal. Yep. You just signed um, Scott Lawton to a long-term deal. Why does he have a long-term deal? Um, you know, Cam Atkinson has, you know, another three years after this. Like, oh, Provorov has another three years after this. Mm-hmm. 
there's not a whole lot of like maneuverability we'll go with and i don't know how like mm. tearing it down would work oh and you also just signed Fairby to a pretty hefty deal too so i would say a lot of the, the pieces that you named would be guys that are, are quote part of the core so like i don't think they, if they were going to rebuild i think they would want to keep probably Proval around Faraby around um they would want to keep um Couturier around they mentioned um Ryan Ellis as part of the core as well um in the that press conference so they they named Ellis Couturier and Faraby I believe they might have also named Provorov um as part of the core um in that press conference so those are the guys you'd want to build around um I'm not sure how many years off the top of my head. I really don't have the Flyers cap situation memorized. I don't know if Kevin Hayes is movable. JVR is someone they should probably try to, if they were going to rebuild, he's someone they should probably try to sell. Oh, uh, Kevin Hayes is most definitely not movable. No. Okay. So I think, yeah, so you you do make a a very good point. Um, But I would also say a lot of the guys that you named are people that if they were going to rebuild, it would have to be a quick rebuild and it wouldn't be a complete blow up. Like I said, it would probably be the most efficient um, just given the situation that they're in with some of these contracts. I'm just saying um, that like in a flat cap world, you just don't see a whole lot of like long-term deals get moved. Yeah. How much longer is the cap flat? Um, I think for, I think they might add like a million next year. For like this coming off season, I think that's what okay. they said is that they're gonna add it like, but like that's basically a flat cap. <laughs> Let's yeah, not get ourselves. Doesn't, doesn't really help us. You can you can sign uh, one uh, entry level contract as a we trip. can sign we we can sign another depth player that's gonna get hurt. I was gonna say uh, in the classic case of why did you give this a no move contract? The deal itself is a no move contract or a no move clause. <laughs> uh, Kevin Hayes is due just over $7 million through 2026. So that's fun. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So and I think, so one of the things they brought up in their state of the franchise, um, in their state of the, of the franchise press conference was Chuck Fletcher wants to, he said, we're not, this isn't going to be a three, four, five year rebuild. We're going to quote aggressively retool, but he also recognizes that we need high end talent. Okay, I don't, I don't want to scare you, mm-hmm. but these all sound like Doug Wilsonisms. Well, but Doug Wilson's a good GM. Yeah, but <laughs> let me let me rephrase it. These are all things that I've heard Doug Wilson say over the last three years. Mm, over the last three years. So yeah, we but were supposed to make were really good for for a long time, and it just didn't work out for them, which is unfortunate for you. But that doesn't mean that their process was necessarily bad. Correct. I mean, it's the same way I feel about the Carlson trade. So and um, yeah, extension. So so I'm not I'm not I'm not super scared if these are things that Doug Wilson will say. I am concerned because aggressively retool was what they were supposed to do this last off season. And they did, I would say, aggressively retool, trading for Ryan Ellis and Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, and Cam Atkinson and getting rid of some 
guys, right? I would say they aggressively retooled. And it's not seemed to be helping much. So if the off the offseason again is more of the same, hopefully we get better results. Um, but I would also throw this out there, right? So one of the questions I brought up. Well, one of the things I mentioned was that they said, hey, we need we need more high-end talent. We need more superstars, right? Claude Drew is maybe a superstar. Um, Sean Couturier probably should be a superstar, but doesn't have the profile uh, or at least the media profile for it, right? They've got some really good players. They don't have very many like elite players that you would see on like the Avalanche, for example, the kind of players that are going to win you a cup, right? And my question is, all right, if we're not going to completely bottom out, and I don't think they really can, and we're already kind of pushing the cap, where are we going to get this elite talent? That's fair enough. I mean, you pray that you win the lottery this year. That's how you... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, they could absolutely pick in the top five this year. Yeah, I mean... It could happen. I'm not going to rule it out. But is one top five draft going to turn this franchise around? I don't know. And I was going to say, I feel like the Flyers are almost like forced to say, you know what? Everything that could go wrong this year outside of Carter Hart (sighs) went wrong. We're going to run it back (laughs) and try this again. That's what they did last year. Except they did say we need to add some pieces. But that was the excuse was we still have a good team. Just everything went horrible. And look where we are. Now, the other piece of this puzzle is probably the fact that, you know, Mike Yo is interim head coach. I don't think he's that good of a coach. Um, part of the offseason is going to be figuring out who the next coach is. And we saw, we saw like, it was night and day when Dave Haxtell left and Elaine Vigneault came in. It took a little bit of time for Elaine's system to come in and kind of start clicking. And then promptly stopped clicking. Um, but could the right coach turn this team into at least a playoff team? I'm not going to say it's likely, but I would say there's a non-zero chance. I was say- and then if you go out and, and make some changes in the off season, you know maybe bring in a bring in a Johnny Goudreau. Bring the boy home. I don't think it's happening after Maybe. this year, but you never know. Well, you do get a Rasmus Ristolainen coming off the books, so I mean, you're gonna need more than Ristolainen's five point four million. But please do not run it back with Rasmus Ristolainen. Alternatively, what if you did? <laughs> <laughs> I so I I think I was listening to the um, Thirty Two Thoughts podcast and. Apparently, there are multiple teams interested in Rasmus Ristolainen when the Flyers traded for him. So maybe yes, that's someone because, good. Like all of the NHL GMs are just ripped straight out of Moneyball. So, um, <laughs> like you know, like all the scouts in, the, in that movie, they're all just NHL GMs. Like they're all the same people. Maybe maybe we could trade Rasmus Ristolainen for like a first round draft pick or something at the trade deadline. You know that um, I'm not saying that a team should trade a first round draft pick. I'm saying it it could happen. 
you know that uh like Paul Fenton quote that was like uh, the old Minnesota Wild GM that was like I was surprised by like how tall our draft picks were they were like lizards or something <laughs> do you remember that no but that's great oh you know what it was um he said that about Matt Zuccarello I found it I told him when I was talking to him that he's like a lizard the way a lizard takes his tongue and sticks it as far as it does and retrieves what it was trying to do like that's why oh, I, I imagine like quote. that's anyway I still this is I was just trying to think of um oh my god like that's that's how I feel about like NHL GMs trying to describe big defensemen who quote unquote do things do stuff I mean but to be fair like that's what I early in the season. That's what I was kind of yelling at my TV at the Flyers was do stuff. So I don't know if I can be too hard on NHL GMs who like defensemen who do stuff. Well, okay. So I'm going to switch gears here. Go um, I'm sure people are tired of listening about bad hockey teams. Coming up this weekend is the uh, NHL All-Star weekend and all that, right? Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, did you hear about what they're doing with the uh, skills competition? No. Inform me. Okay. So in addition to your usual, um, we'll go with festivities, they have decided to do like these two um, like Vegas themed events. One is the Discover NHL Fountain Face-Off where they go to oh, the fountains of Bellagio, right? Eight participants will travel by boat to a quote-unquote rink in the fountain. They must successfully shoot pucks as quickly as possible into five targets placed in the water, fighting through the spray of the nearby fountains. Qualifying players move to the head-to-head final. So that's one. And wait, wait, what is... Can you read the title of that again? The uh, Discover NHL Fountain Face-Off. That is so so on brand for the like. First of all, of course, it's Discover. Second of all, that is the longest title for a single like five minute event that I've ever heard. Okay, are you ready for the uh, the other one? Do it. I don't think it has an official name. Um, at least if it does, it's not sponsored. But what it's they're going like, to do is they're going like to the Tim Hortons Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like the Tim Hortons Enterprise NHL shoot the thing at the thing challenge. Um, so there's going to be, I'm just reading straight off the ESPN story, basically. Um, there's going to be a full deck of oversized playing cards on a rack and players will try to form the uh, form a hand that equals 21 in the least number of shots without going bust by shooting pucks at the cards. Does that sound a little familiar? <laughs> no. I was thinking of, I tweeted it from the account, but I was thinking of the, um, of three in a row from, um, from NHL hits. Oh my gosh. Cause if you look at the, um, <clears throat> if you look at the, the setup that they like the teaser setup, it looks so much like the three in a row mm-hmm. thing from NHL hits. So we need one player just like a clown and another player just like a pirate. Yes, and just well, this weekend was just Gasparilla, right? So you got to in Tampa. See, it's a shame that Eric Carlson's hurt. Mm. 
but uh, he loves Gasparilla. I, w- I was thinking about NHL hits and I wanted to talk about it. So that's why I brought it up. Mm. And, you know, anytime you want to bring up NHL hits, by all means, the great, the greatest NH, uh, greatest hockey video game ever made. Why are you limiting it to just hockey? It's like the best sports game ever made. It's so good. Why, up, I, this is my biggest gripe about sports video games is that they went realistic when they could have gone arcade. I just sent you a, a picture of like what the set looks like or something. And uh, you cannot tell me that does not look just like the uh, three in a row. Yeah, that's three in a row. But with cards. <laughs> and I guess you can't block anybody, but. Oh, yeah. You can't move the little metal plate of whatever. But it's still like a carnival setup and you're still shooting things at things. And it's a very simple. game. I don't know. Maybe I am grasping at straws here. No, I, I see it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I like the little model player, too. Skills competition is fun and all, but, like, it's also, like, right around the time the, the Olympics are starting. So, like, mm-hmm. can we come up with care. Can we come up with more skills competition events that aren't just, like, shoot the puck at something? Um, I mean, they have the breakaway challenge this year and they've got the, uh, what is it? The hardest shot. I guess that's shooting something at something. Mm. Um, they got fastest skater. Okay. Goalies making saves and save streaks. I just feel like every time they try to get creative, it's like, shoot the thing. It's like, we can bring dude perfect up. Oh, that's what they should do. They should have dude perfect. Try to compete with these guys. You should, uh, they would only work. Like, you know how people are always like, oh, the Olympics come on. And we also want a, an average person next to them for comparison. In lieu of an average person, which at least put a semi-athletic person for comparison. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, um, the do perfect guys are big stars fans. So if they ever host the, uh, all-star game in Dallas again, Mm. that's what they should do. Do we have any, are there any celebrities that live in, I'm sure there are plenty of celebrities that live in Vegas. That was a dumb question. So they should find a celebrity that lives in Vegas and they should have to do one of the challenges too. I would say at the very least, there's a lot of people who can make the excuse to, to go to Vegas. I can't think of like, I know Miami has like Pitbull. Who's the Pitbull of Vegas? <laughs> I don't want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Bring that. NHL. Find whoever that is. Find a Vegas Golden Knights fan who's a celebrity. Put them in the All Star Skills competition, please. You're going to get Snoop Dogg, and you'll like it. Hey, perfect. <laughs> Put yes. That would be gold. Is the who who's actually? Do we know? Is it TNT doing the? All-Star game? Because it should be TNT. No. Or ESPN. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you... Okay. I'm, I'm, I was thinking about musical guests, and I was like, I know who's doing it. It's not any other thing that you just said. Um, musical, yes, musical guest TNT. Yes, that's why I was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, I had, I had changed gears on you just um, without letting you know. Thanks. Is it, is it's it going to be on uh, the All-Star Skills Competition. is scheduled for Friday uh, on ESPN. The All-Star Game will be on ABC. Which is oh, why? The next day. Oh, I guess it will be it'll be ESPN on ABC. Right. Yeah. It'll be okay. it'll be That's, branded that, that makes way. More it's sense. Just, yeah. It's yeah. like when they put the college football games on ABC. Yeah. So okay. Fair enough. Anything else you want to talk about? Um yeah, the cats are real good. I want to bandwagon the Panthers, but mm-hmm. I did that with the Maple Leafs last year because I was like, this has to be Joe Thornton's best shot. And now I'm scared. So, okay. I know it's pretty far out, but if you could put for, if you could take any two NHL teams, I was going to, I was going to make a playoff comparison, but I'm going to reframe it. If you could pick any two NHL teams and make them play a seven game series against each other. Which two would you most want to watch for seven games? For seven games? I mean, it's got to be Florida and Tampa, right? Mm. That would be really fun. Like something like... It's one of them. Battle for Florida. You know, when Jack Jack Eichel's back and after Vegas, like, you know, has to totally overhaul their roster or he just so happens to come back for playoffs. Um them in in Colorado would probably be up there too. Hmm. I was going to throw um oh I don't know if I who I want to see more. I was going to say Florida and Colorado would be a lot Ooh. of fun. Rematch of 1996. I like it. But I could also see like Carolina and Colorado. I was also going to say uh Carolina and uh Florida would be fun. You know what team we're forgetting? Toronto. Yes. Toronto would be fine. Toronto, Toronto needs to be a part of this conversation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, Toronto and Florida would be Florida and anybody that's really good. It would like, be fun. Give me seven games of Austin Matthews against Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. I was going to say, um, sign me up. Shout out to if only. If only we had an international tournament where they could compete against each other. I know. I know. I know. Uh, I was going to say, shout out to the Florida Panthers for having a 42-year-old Joe Thornton and still managing to have an average age of 26.5 among their forwards. <laughs> like, they don't have a forward over the age of 30. Other they have a forward over the age of 28, <laughs> other than Joe Thornton. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is he, is he along for the ride over there, or is he contributing I mean, he's significantly? Basically, he's basically just along for the ride at this point. Oh. I would have loved to see just like Joe Thornton, zero goals, 42 assists. That's what I want to see. Listen, I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh, remember when like Florida Panthers, Joe Thornton was like tearing it up, right? But not like the, just not like Gogger. But um, I was going to say, as long as it ends in a Stanley Cup, I don't care because I just want people to be like, oh yeah, Stanley Cup champion Joe Thornton. You know, so in my mind, he's it's a like, first ballot Hall of Famer slam dunk. And I don't know how many people feel that way, but it's like uh, Super Bowl champion Mark Brunel. Yeah. Yeah. Except Joe Thorne has had like a career that's about 100 times better than Mark Brunel. 
Wow. I'm just throwing that out there. We're, we're fighting now. I mean, basically, it'd be like Stanley Cup champion Ray Bork is what, mm. I'm, is what I'm, I'm going for. So, anything else you want to talk about? Um, I don't know if I... I don't I mean I don't have any other topics to talk about, but as a as a parting thought, Mr. Bettman, if you are not currently working on a World Cup of hockey, what are you doing? Dude, they've got to be working on it. They've got to be doing World Cup of hockey. It has been so long since 2016. Dude, that is easy money. Easy money. How is this not already in an every four-year thing? Someone made the comparison to like the World Cup and then the Euros every two years. Why not? Yeah, but I think the um, I think the big thing is just trying to figure out when. Because like last time they did it before the season starts, and that's a little awkward. And nobody wants to like bring the season to a halt. International hockey is weird, but it is doable. And so just like I don't. This you know, is, this sounds like excuses. Trying nothing and then saying that like you don't know what to do, um, doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Doesn't jive. No. Put it together. Get it. Like figure it out. All right. Well, I'm going to bring this to a close if you don't mind. Go for it. All right. So if you uh, liked what you've been listening to today, you can uh, always, you know, follow us on Twitter. Um, at grit per 60 pod you can follow me on twitter at bferrell727 you can follow uh, tc on twitter at tc underscore 904 um thank you all for listening and have a good one